Okay, we are in Sefer Malachim Aleph, Perak Beis, Pasuk Aleph. And what this is going to be is really the last instructions that David gives his son Shlomo in David's lifetime, which is one of the reasons they read this Perak, Perak Aleph, uh, I'm sorry, Perak Beis and Malachim Aleph, on Shabbos Vayechi that parallels Yaakov's last will and testament to his children. So let's get right into it. And the days have come for David to die. We've encountered this expression several times in the Torah. It says so with Moshe. Uh, it says so with um, um, Abram. It says it with Yaakov. And the Mephoshim points out that in each of those situations, it's telling you that the individual did not live as long as his father did. For example, Moshe lived to 120, his father Amram lived to 147. Yaakov lived to 110, his father Yitzhak, we know, lived to, I'm sorry, Yaakov was 147, Yaakov's father lived to 180. It means you didn't reach the days of your father. So by Yikramu you made David Lomus, by Yitzavish Shlomo Beno Lemar. And now he speaks to his son Shlomo in saying, uh, we should point out additionally that one, the Chafetz Chaim tells you this is what every father or parent should do when he sees the end is nigh. You explain or you give the children over what it is you want to communicate to them in terms of survival, in terms of living a certain life, in terms of carrying on their work. It's, it's what we call getting your house in order and it is best done when the parent is still lucid and able to convey it as David was. We've also pointed out that there's a very interesting Sefer in Yitzhak we will get to at the very end of Tanakh called Divrei Hayamim, uh, translated to Chronicles of the Days. And what it does is reprise certain incidents that occurred in the Torah, saying them over, but sometimes there are very important variations. Sometimes they give you details you did not get in the Tanakh. For example, the other day, we learned that Bathsheba, when she confronts David, why he's letting Adonai get away with this, that he took a shvua to her that their son Shlomo would succeed him. We don't see in the Tanakh itself any, uh, rather than say from Malachim, any shmua that David made to Bathsheba that he would in fact convey the Malchus to Shlomo. But in Jebri Hayomim, it's very specific that he does. It recounts the shmua, the context of the shmua, and so it fills in that missing detail. Similarly, there's no mention of what David is doing here in his old age. It sounds like he's bedridden, and, and until the Malchus is challenged, he's sort of disinterested. Divri Hayomim gives a totally different picture of David being concerned and obsessed with every detail of the base Hamikdash. 
that Shlomo has been charged to build. He does the measurements. He does the construction. He looks over the blueprints. He picks the Kohanim down to when their watches will be. Uh, he arranges the music for the Levian. Every single detail he does. And then, of course, we know Shlomo builds the base on Mikdash, but it is called base David. So that's a very important difference that Tibri Hagyamim gives us. So now he summons Shlomo saying, Onochi holech b'derech kol ha'oretz. I am going the way of all flesh, as it were. Bechazata v'hagisa le'ish. Now strengthen yourself from within and be a man. So a man has different connotations. One, the obvious is Shlomo is by most reckoning of the Mephoshim 12 years old. So that, yes, make yourself into a man. Ish also is Gibor. Make yourself into strong, strong of purpose, strong of constancy, but strengthen yourself. How old was David at the time of Goliath? At Goliath? Oh, well, yes, he was... Um, not a teenager? Yeah, 17, 17, no? 17 or 18, yeah. but we will just refresh ourselves on that. In any case, here's the first thing. Guard the words of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Go in his ways. Follow the chukim, those are the mitzvahs who don't understand the reason behind them. Mitzvosa, the mitzvahs, the mishpatim, the eidosa, uh, the other chukim, kakhasad besoros Moshe, as it is written. Laman tashil eschol asher taseh, eschol asher tifnisham. So you will know everything that you're facing, everything that you will confront. In other words, he's making no um, secret about it. The way to master your life and to master what you've got to do in the jobs you have to do is Torah. Torah is the essential basis and you have to do that. In other words, before a Jew can go on with his life's work, with his mission, with his goals, there has to be a mastery of Torah. Laman continues David Yoki Mashemesh Dvoro Ashajiber Olai Lemor in Yishmaru Bonecha in addition, David says, doing this, mastering the Torah, there's an added incentive for you. Because if you do this, all the statutes that the Kodesh Baruch commanded, and if your children follow in this path, following it with all their hearts, with all their souls, you will fulfill the Kaddish Baruch who's promised that this is done. Lo Yisrael. The dynasty, the dynasty will never depart from Israel or from your progeny. In other words, it's not enough just to do the mitzvahs, but if you do them, here is an added reward. The kingdom will not survive unless you do them. If you do them, you will see um, Lanetzach, the house of David, will reign. Now, it's very interesting that the Gemara in Masechet Shabbos, Dach Lamed, tells us a great agadata that David was obsessed as well with when he was going to die, how much time he had. 
And he always would ask the Kaddish Baruch and of course the Kaddish Baruch would refuse. It will happen when it happens. That when your tafkid, when your job is over, when Shlomo is installed, then it will be appropriate. And Javid continues pressing, as it were, the Kaddish Baruch Hu for the, at least the time of his death, the period of his death. And finally, the Kaddish Baruch Hu tells him that it will be on the Shabbos. That's all he tells him. It is going to be on the Shabbos. And so the Gemara picks up that once David finds that out, David would sit the entire day of Shabbos hoping that this would make him invulnerable when the Malach came. If he's studying Torah, the Malach would go away. When the day finally came and the Malach comes to collect, uh, he stands before David and he cannot uh, overcome him because David does not stop a second with his mouth from uttering Torah, from pausing, from studying. So Omar. Malach HaMavah says, Mahavile, what can I do? He doesn't stop. Havile besunta achore besa. There was an orchard behind David's house. Asa Malach HaMavah soliku vechishle So the Malach HaMavah came, climbed one of the trees, shakes the branches. Nafak lemechize. David is startled, as it were, by the noise goes out to see what's happening. Havasalik bedarga, he's going up the stairs. Ipche darga mesuse, a stair caves in under him. For a moment, ishtik, he's silent, benach nafshe, and he dies. So we see, in other words, how David extracts that promise and that continues studying until the Malachamos has to resort, resort to a very uh, unusual distraction. The Gamata, now he turns David's attention to his personal, you want to call it a hit list, but some things that Shlomo must take care of. First, the Gamata Yotata Yodata Shasher Usali Yoa Ben Shruya, Asher Asalus Nesarates for Osi Israel, La Avner Ben Nair, La Musa Ben Yeser, by Yahar Gain. So he's saying to them, and you must know what Yoab ben Shriya, his lifelong general, also lead, did to me. This is personal. Asher also l'shnei sarets Yisrael, what he did to the two generals of Israel. He saw when he killed Abner ben Ner, and he killed Amasa ben Yeser. By Yehargain, he kills them. By Yosem demin milchama b'shalom. And he does it, not in wartime. They were generals, and yes, there were grievances against them. One supported Ishbosheth against David. The other supported Absalom. There were good military strategic reasons for combating them in war. But he did it in peace. By eating to make milchama b'chagraso, and he put the blood of war on his belt, the chag that he wore. That explains, remember, the story where he leaves his sword hanging in the center and lets it drop, so it's not on the usual right side, and he kills the unsuspecting uh, Amasa, who doesn't even realize what is happening. Because it's on his loins, Uvanalo Ashabaraglov, his shoes that are on his feet. That comes to a question. We learn that he asks Avner, he distracts Avner with a question on certain shoes, what the halacha is. 
And while he's answering him, he stabs him. But that still doesn't answer. What does that do David? Why is David taking this personally? The answer is that the people of Israel felt that this was David's bidding to kill these people, not in war, but in peacetime. And it was a stain on his malchus. It made it look like he was complicit in it, and he wants to make that clear that, in fact, he wasn't. But Asisa Kechach interesting. Do what you see as wise. Below Sarin Sevasal Shalom Sha'ol. See that he doesn't go to his grave in a ripe old age. What does that mean? On the surface, it means see that he dies. Other portions say not necessarily. You can make his older life uncomfortable, go exile, hardships, whatever it is. Um, it doesn't have to be death, but yes, Rob and Mepharshim say it's a death sentence. And now the Barzilai you will remember Barzilai at David's weakest moment had no food, no water. He was really life or death survival. Brings in wagon loads of supplies of wine and meat and food and cattle. And David never forgets that. And he tells Shlomo, Tase chesed, do the chesed, he shall stay at your table, which means he and his children shall be supported. Barzillai was a very rich man, but David makes the day he wants Barzillai's descendants to dwell at the royal table in gratitude for what he did. He came, Karbuwe lied, the Varkimipne when I fled Afshalom, he came to me, when Afshalom, your brother, he came to me with food and drink that literally was the difference between life and death. Now, now he is with you. Strange language. What do you mean he's with you? We learn that after Shimi ben Ger, Shimi ben Ger was the guy that came out at Mahurim. Uh, he was a Benjaminite, a diehard loyalist to Shaul who felt of it and usurped Shaul's malchus. He curses him. He says terrible things about him. He throws rocks. He kicks dirt. And he harangues him all the way to the Jordan. And yet, David says, leave him alone. It's the will of the Kaddish Baruch Moreover, he's brilliant, Shimi ben Everyone says he was the Gadol Hadar. He becomes Shlomo's teacher. He is Shlomo's Rebbe. That's why he says, he's with you. Shimi ben or uttered a terrible curse on me in Red that Yom left in Machanayim on the day I was going to Machanayim, who Yoradli crossing had Yarkim, and he follows me to the Jordan, the Eshbalo Bashem, and I swore an oath to the Kodesh Baruch that I would not kill him with a sword. However, now, don't let him. Get away with this because you are in truth a wise man. Know what you will do, you will know what to do with him. Here too again, you will bring down his body in his uh, taking away his old age with blood into the ground. Again, David is, David is uh, I, I, don't, I don't mean to this. Be sound disrespectful, but David is, you know, this is the second time now with a clever way to send somebody to death, you know, with cleverness as opposed okay. to. And, and violating one of the basic tenets of our halacha, nekama, 
vengeance. You don't take vengeance. So how do you explain, as you very well asked? Why did he do it himself when he was alive? Who? David. To kill? Yola, why, why is he, he delegating this to Shlomo? Why is he delegating to take care of Yola? Oh, he, 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 he takes an oath that he would not kill Yola himself. In any event, um, Nakama, how do you answer that? Right. Say them, of course, there are two kinds of Nakama. There is the Nakama of vengeance, where you're going to get the guy back for what he did to you. There's a Nakama, because if we say, there's an El Nokemu, Kharsbarhu, is vengeance. Does that mean a Kaddish Baruch who just takes out vengeance? No, it's justice we're talking about. Vengeance as a form of justice, and that is not only permissible, it is even laudable. And so that's what King David is doing. Um, why Yoav? Is he such anger with Yoav that, that what Yoav did to him? Yoav did several things. Yoav was Moed Mamalchus, which is a death penalty by itself. But Yoav, remember when he decides to kill Uriahiti? He sends a letter with Uriahiti to Yoav at the front. Uriah never looks at the letter. But Yoav, apparently, the men were revolting against Yoav after he killed Uriah. And to exonerate himself, he takes out the letter and reads the contents of the letter of the king to him to kill Uriah. This is a terrible breach of the Malchus, etc., and it's personal, as it were, to David, because it is very embarrassing. Yoav also doesn't mention it, but Yoav is responsible for the death of Avshalom, as well as these other two. So he's got a roster of, of um, paybacks to Yoav, and now, by Yishkab David in Mavosav, by Yikaber, Reir David, he is buried in Yerushalayim. By Yomim Hashem Molach, David Yisrael, Arbon Shonah is 40 years. By Hebron Molach, Sheva Shonim, 7. Yerushalayim Molach, Shoshim Vesholah Shonim, 33 years. Of course, the Mephoshim Show is really an extra six months. Either they were rounding it off, or either the six months he was fleeing from Amshalom does not count as his Malchus. And now, Ushlomo Yoshava, he sits on the throne. His Malchus, his desire, his welcome is a period of tranquility. Now, at 8.45 a.m. tomorrow morning, Bathsheba, Shlomo's mother and David's wife, is going to get a strange, unexpected visit from someone who has a very strange, unexpected request that he makes of her. 8.45 tomorrow, I'd come.